So I make a point of saying this almost everywhere I go. I am not a Christian because it works for me. It doesn't work for me. And if you've been a Christian for very long, you know it doesn't work. In the sense that if you think you're going to be guaranteed to be happy, guaranteed to get rich, guaranteed never to experience pain, never to get cancer, never to, you know in your own church that you will suffer as a Christian. Worse than that, you'll have to do things that deny yourself, right? I never denied myself before I became a Christian. Are you kidding me? Now, Susie and I have been together. We were together for 18 years before I became a Christian and she became a Christian. And we've been together 18 years since I became a Christian and she became a If you ask Susie which 18 years was easier, she'll tell you in a heartbeat the first 18 years were easier because now we're striving to deny ourselves. We're fi- battling with our flesh. We're, we're constantly, we see our own sin. It's not easy being a Christian. I'm not a Christian because it's easy or it works for me. I'm also not a Christian because I was raised as a Christian because I wasn't. I'm not a Christian because I was hoping for heaven or afraid of hell because I'm not. I'm not a Christian because I needed to sober up and stop beating my wife because I wasn't. I'm a Christian because it's true. That's it. That's it. To be honest, um, church, church is always... Church has always made me feel very uncomfortable. I guess, you know, in the same way, I, I was doing an exhibition of paintings, and one of the things I, I can't bear when I do shows is, is instead of someone coming in and enjoying the work, they scrutinize it, they come right up and make me feel uncomfortable with their notebooks and their cagoules and their rucksacks and their... Um, this woman came into the gallery I was sitting, and she, she walked straight up to a painting, and instead of just enjoying it, she, she had a little notebook, and she pushed, pretty much put her nose against the canvas. And, uh, and started taking notes and went to the next one and did the same thing. And it really irritated me. I just thought, well, why can't you just enjoy it? And so I built up the courage. I walked straight towards her. I was about to say, can't. And she turned to me and she said, hello, how are you? And I said, my thanks. And she had enormously thick glasses, like huge glasses. And she said, I'm so sorry, it must look odd. And she said, I can't see so well, so I have to, I have to examine the, the brush strokes and the texture. And I write poetry about the texture. And I just felt like I had no idea. Just, you know, I didn't know what to say because I was just on the edge of being really rude. And I, I suppose that I've always felt in the same way. I'd look at the church and God and Christianity like I looked at her. I just thought, you know, why? You know, uh, scrutinizing me, judging me, whatever. And, um, and actually, I mistook it. I often mistake things. I just, that's how I saw it. Um, but when I approached it, I was met with... Um, the least likely response, which is just, I enjoy what you do, I'm interested in you. I've seen men spend their lifetime making money, and I know some of the richest men in America, and I know how miserable some of them are. I've seen men strive all their lives to attain political power. And they get political power. They get the office they were seeking. But it doesn't bring the peace and the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment they thought it would. But here's an interesting thing. I've never seen a person give their lives to Jesus Christ sincerely, but what they didn't find, what they were looking for. He satisfies the deepest longings of our hearts and our lives. I wonder how many more sermons it would take to win you to Christ. How many more warnings will God have to give you? How many more graves will have to be dug 
How many more wars will have to be fought? How many more earthquakes or tornadoes and floods will have to come before you make your decision? The thief on the cross took that one moment and said, Lord, remember me. And in that moment, Jesus said, thou shalt be with me in paradise. That quick, you can make your decision and commitment. And remember, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. You're sinful, you're separated from God by sin. And some of the results of this sin are worry and irritability and lack of purpose in life, as well as some of the gross, immoral sins that we read about. God has provided the cross as a means for you to be forgiven of sin. But you must individually receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You! And you alone, in the quiet arena of your heart, will have to make that decision. You know, I look at not just our Lord's death, which was for all, but understand that the modern day Christians, they say to me, but Jesus did that. Yes, true, he did do that for you. And so, he did it, I don't have to. I said, okay, well, why did Peter have to didn't do it? And why did John have to do it? Why did all the rest of the apostles have to then? Well, why did they have to sacrifice themselves? Jesus had done that. What about all the martyrs of the 20th century? What about Christians that I've heard and, and done documentaries to where they were executed at the foot of Muslims that are executing your brothers and sisters right now? Where is our Lord with them? Does he hate them? We cannot continue as Christians to sit here and say, well, I'll only be a Christian if it's about pro prosperity, you know, that, that, that we have plenty. I, I want you to remember that when Herod, when Jesus goes in to meet Herod, he wouldn't look at him. Did I just do that because that was a choice? No, it was scripture. He wouldn't look at Herod. You don't have to go out and do a song and dance for seculars because they won't believe. They won't believe anyway. You can pray for them. That's the way it's going to be. But understand, people are going to choose evil, but you don't. And the devil is going to sift you out. He's going to look right now. Where are you weak? I can get this guy a million bucks and he'll turn. Ten million for this guy, fifty over here. They'll all turn. They'll all say, well, choice. Choice. My freedom to choose. Every generation of Americans needs to know that freedom exists not to do what you like, but having the right to do what you ought. If you want to look at it this way, the problem I see right now is the fact that many, many Christians have immersed themselves in paganism. They want to be cool to their Christian or pagan friends by being a little pagan so they can be cool. There's nothing cool in this. Only thing lacking in you is that you don't want to be holy. Well, here's what will happen. We'll all come to task one day. And you either get a chance to lay it down for Jesus or you'll get to deny him. But it will come in our generation this way. There are many things that you see on the horizon right now where you're going to have to make a choice. You will have to make a choice. I was in 
Croatian recently. There were 26 Roman Catholic priests, Franciscans, 26 of them. Stalin had taken over. We had sold out. We gave Stalin the whole East, Eastern Europe. And many people paid for this, paid with their lives. The communists came in. They took the crucifix down. They put it down and they said, deny this to the priest. Deny this or you'll you die. And they executed him. He said, no, I won't deny it. Shot the second guy too. By that time, the captain said, bring my jeep over, take the gasoline. Grab the most weakest man here, the man in the wheelchair, Franciscan. Pour the gasoline on him. He lit a match. He says, do you guys want to see this? And he looks to his brothers and he says, let me burn. They burned him and they shot the rest of them. But they all had a chance. Now, is that hard to hear? Is the passion hard to watch? Your death is imminent. I hear people all the time in Hollywood, they say, you know what? My agent just died. And he was so embarrassed by his death, he didn't want anybody coming in because it was, it was very hard for those people to watch. Well, guess what? Suck it up. We need Christians to go look death in the face and understand the next point, to encourage these people to understand that eternity awaits them. We're all going to die the first death. Hopefully not the second. God never sends a man to hell. People choose this place. Yeah. Our democracy cannot be sustained without a shared commitment to certain moral truths about the human person and the human community. The basic question before a democratic society is this. How ought we to live together? And seeking an answer to this question, can society exclude moral truth and moral reasoning? Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation, my brothers and sisters. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. Earlier I said, God never sends a man into hell. People choose this place. Your choice. God made you and loves you. There's never been another like you. He deemed that you would come here. He asked you and you came. Today, you came. You had the courage to come. And there was plenty parts of the world that pulled you from today from even coming, but you came. Don't you know how much God will remember this? Do you think he is a, a God that's just sitting there waiting to toss you off? You are perfect. There is no one else like you. And without you, he would cry. So he's coming to you now right now in this moment all he has to hear from you is yes yes you've accepted Jesus some of you keep accepting him every time we sin we deny him be holy be perfect just as my father is perfect or in the passion Kakasai <laughs> 
My commandment to you is this: you love one another, just as I have loved you. And if that doesn't grab you, maybe this one will. Your name may not appear down here in this world's hall of fame. In fact, you may be so unknown that no one knows your name. The Oscars and the praise of men may never come your way, but don't forget, God has rewards that He'll hand out someday. This crowd on earth, they will soon forget when you're not at the top. They will cheer like mad until you fall, and then their praise will stop. Not God; He never does forget. And in His Hall of Fame, by just believing on His Son, forever there's your name. I tell you, friend, I wouldn't trade my name, however small, that's written there beyond the stars in that celestial hall, for all the famous names on earth, or the glory that they share. I'd rather be a unknown here and have my name up there. God bless you.